the messages throughout the week. Okay, I'm not going to tell anybody to stand up, but I'm going to read Philippians chapter 1. Not all of it, just verses 18 through 21. Philippians chapter 1, I'll begin my reading at verse 18, down to including verse 21. What then, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in therein do I rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness and all, and with all boldness and as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Our Father, now this morning we are assembled together. We're assembled together with the purpose of declaring your word. To bring glory unto you and to your Son. And this we endeavor to do through the working of your Spirit and your power. For Father, it does not lie within us the ability to truly glorify you. But we ask, Father, in as much as we are able, may we be desirous of doing just that very thing, honor, glorifying, and praising you. And I thank you, Father, for this, this assembly that has called me for this occasion. It is both fearful and humbling, but yet, Father, it's also encouraging. May I be an encouragement to them as they've been unto me in these last few years. And may we, Father, honor, glorify, and praise thee as we seek your mercy and your forgiveness, for indeed we do need all. We ask these things, Father, for Christ's sake. Amen. Now, we didn't read those verses leading up to verse 18. And Paul is here speaking in chapter 1 of the book of Philippians in part to the fact that there are some individuals at this particular time that are doing things basically to hurt Paul. To add to his grief, to add to his affliction, he said this in verse 16, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposed to add affliction to my bonds. I will tell you immediately, I don't understand how that's done. I don't understand why anyone would want to preach Christ to add affliction to another man's service. I cannot imagine me wanting to preach something 
especially the Lord Jesus Christ, in an effort to add to Paul Jackson's affliction. That makes no sense to me. But it's true, according to this word. And I want to say that one thing I have come to be very clear in understanding We as preachers have a responsibility in every way Christ is to be preached. Our text tells us whether stand whether in pretense or in truth Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. I believe sometimes we as preachers forget that this thing that we do, this function that we fulfill, this thing called preaching is not about us. It is not about me. It is not about Paul Jackson. It is not about any other preacher that comes here or any place else. What we do is not for us. It is not about us. It is about God and his Christ. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 we find, it says, preach the word, be instant in season, and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering, and doctrine. Hebrews 10 and verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Christ said this. It is for me to do thy will. When we preach Christ, when we preach the book, we are proclaiming that one that came here to this earth to do his Father's will. In a small way, when we perform or fulfill our function and our duties, we do it to do God's will. This is what God would have us to do. Brother Paul and I were talking, no, Sam and I talking last night about our military history. And I told Sam last night that I, when I went in the Air Force in 1973, intended to stay there for 20 years. But I believe the Lord was calling me to preach about the middle of 1975. And that's what I did. I left the military for that purpose. Because I believe that is what God's will is for me 
even up to 2018. But a couple of things I want us to see about our preaching and who and what we are and where we stand in it. In the book of John, the first chapter and the first verse, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. We're going to be handling this volume that you have in front of you. That Word was with God. That Word was God. That Word was Christ. In verse 14 of that same chapter. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten. Of the father. Full of grace. And truth. Our preaching. Is not about us. It's about Christ. The living word. It is our responsibility. To when it's convenient and when it is not convenient. When it is received and when it is not received. To preach Christ. To preach the word. Paul speaks here in chapter 1 of Philippians of verse 18. That Christ must be preached. One of the essential aspects of the preaching of Christ is to see some saved. Preach the gospel. Preach Christ. Christ must be preached because God chose the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. We don't preach for our recreation. We don't necessarily preach for our own edification. Though I think any preacher would tell you it is encouraging for him to receive some degree of, what's the word I want to use? Recognition for what he's doing. I would be less than honest with you if I were to tell you that every time I preached, I felt like what I was saying was falling on deaf ears. Now, sometimes that does happen. But back in St. Louis, we're a small congregation. But every now and then, one of the members will just tell me, you blessed me today. What you said encouraged me today. I want the Lord to get the glory, but I have to admit to you, there's an element in that where I feel like that maybe the Lord is actually using me then. If we would turn our Bible to the book of Romans, chapter 10, for just a moment. Romans, chapter 10, I want us to look at verses 11 through 15. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him 
shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that will call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call to him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. God chose the foolishness of preaching. People can't believe on Christ if they don't hear about Christ. Christ must be preached. Luke 19 and 10 tells us, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ came here seeking lost people. God sent him to seek and to save that which is lost. Preaching is not a simple standing, stand up, Say a few words and sit down. There is a purpose in preaching. I hope I've made that point clear. It's not about us. It's about Christ. And according to our text, it does not seem really to be very important why they're preaching. Go back to Philippians chapter 1 for just a moment. Let's go to verse 12. Get the background up to verse 18. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out, rather, under the furtherance of the gospel. So that my, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other palaces. And many of the brethren of the Lord, waxing confident, in my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposed to add affliction to my bonds, but the others of love knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. It is not the messenger that is important. It's the message. There was a case where an individual was on the back of a jackass. And he wanted the jackass to move in a certain direction. And the jackass wouldn't move. Unless I'm, my memory's off, that jackass even spoke to the man. 
God can make or use anyone to preach, to speak. Use rocks if need be. God gave voice to all of us. If you have a voice this morning, God gave you that voice. He can give a voice to a tree. If you so true. And I don't say that to be frivolous. I'm serious. But the Lord is very serious about his son being preached. So those men that are preaching Christ, wanting to add insult to injury, that's not important. Christ is being preached. I was saved. The Lord used a band that was, I guess, the best I can remember now would be kind of a Southern Baptist. But his gospel, his preaching, his teaching was not what today I'm comfortable with. It was what we were kind of called in our Minion Gospel. Kind of an easy believism. But one thing he did tell me was that without Christ, I am powerless to save myself, to deliver myself from the power of Satan Christ is the only one that can accomplish that. The Lord used that to save me. I've not been saved again since that time. And again, I don't say that as a joke. I'm serious. An individual could have True malicious reasons behind them for preaching Christ. But it is God that quickens. It is God that makes a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl to believe. And if Christ is preached and the Spirit of God is in it, Two things are going to happen. Either they're going to be convicted and they're going to be without excuse before they stand before God, before his judgment, because they heard the truth of Christ and they rejected it. Or they're going to believe. But either way, Christ must be preached. We preach a message. They were fully prepared even before the world began. Because we preach a message of a Savior that was sent by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God long before any of us were ever born, before there was a world. When man fell, 
The remedy for that fall was already well established in the mind and the purpose of Christ and God. Fully purposed. Look, if you would, in the book of Acts, the third chapter. Acts chapter 3. I'd like to begin at verse 14. And read down, including verse 20. Acts 3, beginning verse 14. But ye denied the Holy One of God. You denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Peter's talking to the Jews. He said, you denied the Lord of glory, and you want a Barabbas handed over to you. And you got that. And you kill the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his, and, and his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him have given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I what? That through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all the prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the time of refreshing shall come, from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus, which before was preached unto you. The Jewish community knew very well a Messiah was coming. They'd heard of him. They could not read the book of Isaiah and not see the Messiah coming. They could not read the book of Genesis and not see that there was going to be someone who is going to be bruised his heel, but is going to bruise Satan in his head. Christ victorious has always been preached. It's nothing new. We didn't come with something new in the last 200 years. It goes way back. When we were yet unborn. When there's yet not even a world. The world today would call our preaching foolishness. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 tells us, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching. Preaching Christ. Christ must be preached. Let us understand that the preaching of the cross, the preaching that somewhere someone came to this earth, died, was buried, 
Three days later, rose again victorious over death. That's foolishness to the world. They can't believe that. They can't begin to comprehend that. But that's what we preach. We preach Christ crucified and resurrected. If we only had hope in Christ in this life for the 30, 50, 100 years that we live, there's not much to live for. But we preach Christ victorious over death. We preach Christ the means by which we have eternal life. Our hope in Christ is not just for 2018. Our hope in Christ is for 5,000 years from now. It's called eternity. That's our hope. Those that perish don't have that hope. They don't have that earnest expectation looking forward to that time coming because they do not know Christ. They may have heard Christ, but they reject Christ. Where the lost are concerned, that is really the limit of our preaching. Preaching Christ. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul enters in on that equation. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of God, of the spirit of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Lost people need to hear of Christ. There's a lot of teaching in the scriptures. There's a lot of doctrine in the scriptures. And these doctrines need to be preached. They need to be taught. But a lost man needs Christ. For until he comes to a knowledge of Christ... Everything else is basically baseless. He has nothing to associate it with. It doesn't mean anything to him. Because he has no personal part in the matter. Christ must be preached. Christ must be preached crucified. Why crucified? You know, if it were not for the crucifixion of Christ, our sin debt would not be paid. We would yet be in our sin. But praise be to God that he did come and die. 
he was crucified. In the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, the first three verses. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was the synagogue of the Jews? And Paul in his manner was, and Paul as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scripture, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. Must needs. Must needs have suffered. The crucifixion of Christ was not an accident. It was not outside of God's control. It was not something that God could not stop. It was something God would not stop because that was why God sent Christ here. Was to suffer and to die on the cross at Calvary. Christ must be preached. He must be preached crucified. He must be preached literally dead for three days. And literally coming up out of the grave at the end of those three days and ascending under the right hand of God there to make intercession for all those that believe. These things must be done. These things must be preached. Christ must be preached. If you were to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 10, we're still in Acts, go back to verse, to chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 34, 34, 35, and 36. Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent into the children of Israel preaching peace for Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Note if you would. Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. I'm glad that he's not. I'm glad that God does not respect who and what we are. We believe today in the election of God under salvation. We don't believe that election is salvation, but we preach that election is unto salvation. It is not based on who you are, your gender, your ethnicity, your age, your hair color, 
Brother Paul and I have kind of hair kind of alike, just different colors. That's not important. God doesn't respect the individual. Because God looks at all of us in one point. Fallen in Adam. Every single one of us fell in Adam. And if we're going to be lifted up again, it must be in Christ. So therefore in every nation, he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. God accepts those that come unto him in and through the person of his son. His son must therefore be preached. They must know, they must hear of the son that they can be accepted by the father. Because you know, God chose those who he loved. But you realize that because God loved us, did not stop God or did not force God to change his righteousness, to change his justice. God did not say, okay, I love these people. I want them. So I'm going to set aside my justice. I'm going to set aside my holiness. I'm going to set aside my righteousness. And I'm just going to accept them as they are. That's not what he did. In order that I can accept them, I'm going to send my son to die for them that I can in turn accept them. What's called grace for grace. God's grace, God's favor is extended to us. And by God's grace, Christ came to this earth and died for us that we might have peace with God. Christ must be preached. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Are you at peace this morning with Christ, with God? Do you honestly say to yourself, I am at peace with God. If you don't say that because you're at peace with God because of and through Christ, I'm afraid your peace is vain. And it may very well be very temporary. Romans chapter 1 tells us, therefore being being justified by faith, we have peace through God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We want peace. We want peace in the world. Well, from where I stand, folks, as long as men are in the world, there's not going to be peace. But as long as we're in Christ, as long as we have peace, we have faith in Christ, we have peace with God. You know, you look at the world today, and it's a frightful place. I thought St. Louis had some wild, fast drivers. Atlanta's a whole different ballgame. 
And I do not want to get hurt in an accident. I don't, I don't want to be like the young lady that Brother Paul spoke of this morning. I don't want that to happen to me. But you know, one thing I do have, one thing I want, and one thing I have, is if that were to happen to me, I would be ushered in the presence of God that much sooner. Because I have peace with God through Christ. Do you this morning have peace with God through Christ? Acts chapter 4. I'm trying to quickly bring this to a close. Acts chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captains, captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Christ preached as being the resurrection. He is the resurrection unto life after death. Understand something, folks. There are two resurrections. Every human being is going to be resurrected. Some unto peace in the presence of God, and others unto eternal torment and misery. The resurrection of Christ is a resurrection unto peace with God for eternity. Chapter 4 of Acts continues. Look down at verse 9. Acts chapter 4, verse 9. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he be made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of the builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Christ must be preached. Because therein is salvation in Christ. In Mark chapter 16, in verse 14 and 50, we'll not turn there, but just kind of sum up the major point that I wanted to make. Christ is to be preached to every creature. Every person. Going back to Acts chapter 10, regardless of the person. Lastly, if you would, turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I said from the beginning, our preaching is not about us. Our preaching is not for us to get glory. It is not for us to be puffed up. 
But Acts, if our first Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 13, down through including verse 16. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live with the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are protected with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Now, I'm not saying this because Brother Paul told me, bring this in so that they know that um, I have a reason to expect a benefit of the gospel. Because it's talking about money and being taken care of. This is not, uh, he, he didn't send me to, to do this for this purpose. But verse 15 tells us, but I have used none of these things. Neither have I written these things that it should be done unto me. For it were better for me to die that any man should make my glory going vain. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul Jackson does not stand up here every time he gets this pulpit for the purpose of saying, take care of me. He's not doing that so that you can glorify him and praise him for his service. For his faithfulness, though he should receive all of those things. But it is incumbent upon him to preach the gospel. The gospel must be preached. Christ must be preached. Whether in sincerity, whether in hypocrisy, or in truth and love. Christ must be preached. For the next five days, it is my intention to preach Christ. Now, there may be some that say, that's going to be boring. It's going to be the same topic all the time. You know, folks, you can't preach from this book without preaching Christ. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. But my purpose is to pull Christ out and show him the different things that we have to look forward to in him. The different things that we have now because of him. So if you're wondering, what is this babbler going to say for the next five days? I'm going to try and preach Christ. I'm going to try and show you Christ. I told you from the beginning, I'd never done this before. I preached series at home. But I think there's one thing I can preach that's going to be safe, and that's Christ. And I don't say that because I want to be safe. But Christ needs to be preached. Paul said, I rejoice that Christ is preached, even in the hypocrisy. I rejoice because Christ is preached. That is what I want to do.
So if you're wondering, I want to preach Christ all this week.